and welcome to New Mexico Castaways. I'm Rosalinda Roman, and uh, I am going to tell you, just like I did last week, because it really is the same day that I'm recording this from last week, that you will hear some uh, heavy breathing <laughs> in this recording, because I have the Zoom H4N recorder uh, strapped to my chest, or clipped on my chest, because it's the only way that I can work uh, around the boat and be hands-free and do a recording, because I dropped my normal recorder, which was my phone, uh, in the ocean. So now I'm digging under cabinets right now in the... uh, galley, which is the kitchen. I'm digging under cabinets to get chemicals and whatever I need to clean uh, out because that is part of what I'm doing. Um, Because we are leaving the boat um, potentially for, I don't know, it could be a month, but um, it's looking more and more like it's going to be about three weeks that we're going to be off the boat at least three weeks. Um, And so with that in mind, I'm trying to prep everything for our departure when I never really expected to be departing at this point. Uh, so that's number one. Number two, now that I've uh, come to terms with the fact that we are departing and not sailing our boat to Puerto Rico just yet, uh, now I'm, I'm going through the whole boat trying to figure out what is uh, what still needs to be done. I haven't even started packing, which is so normal for me, but um, luckily I did, I subscribed to something called KonMari, which is basically a system for uh, downsizing. That's how we moved on to this boat, and you can listen to the archives to learn more about that. But I also, it also has a lot to do with how you, um, uh, how you fold your clothes and how things are organized. So when it comes time to packing, actually it should be pretty um, straightforward. Now I've totally jinxed it and it's going to be chaotic and stressful, I know. But um, the biggest thing for me is just trying to figure out what I need to bring with us to Puerto Rico, what condition I need to leave the boat in, and uh, everything else that I'm forgetting. Um, So I thought I would record this episode to share some of that process with you um, because that's what I'm actively working on. Now, I don't know if I said hello uh, and that I'm Rosalinda Roman. Uh, My longtime career was broadcasting, and that's why I like to do these recordings because it's just what I naturally am used to. Uh, The kids are sleeping, hopefully, back at... um, a house that they are staying at on land, which is the first time they've been staying on land off the boat for quite some time. I mean, we've gone, you know, we've stayed on in hotels when we go to Disney and stuff. So it's not that we have been only on the boat for the year and the half that we've lived aboard, but they have been, we have been uh, living on this boat mostly all the time. So for them, being on land today was uh, pretty joyous the last few days. We are in Georgetown in the Exumas in the Bahamas, and it is a very unique place because it's kind of a crossroads for a lot of cruising routes, and by that I mean when people are heading um, to, let's see, if they're heading uh, east and south to like Puerto Rico or the Dominican Republic, they go through here, uh, or if they go to the... um, 
Turks and Caicos or uh, BVIs, British Virgin Islands, uh, they go through here. So a lot of a lot of roads, Georgetown. A lot of roads lead to Georgetown, or cruising routes lead through here. Uh, if you want to go to Cuba, you can go through here from some places, South America, uh, Jamaica, and then up through Florida. Our route was that we sailed from uh, Florida, and uh, you. Oh, listen! It just started pouring. You hear that? I'll let you listen for a second before I continue talking. What's funny is uh, the way I got back and forth to... I'm going to step outside. Hear that rain? Oh my gosh, it's pouring. The way that I got from Cavalli House uh, guest cottage where we're staying to the Don Treader, which is on a mooring ball in the mooring field in the middle of the harbor is through a um, through my crystal kayak. I kayaked here. So um, it's not so great that it's raining because that means the kayak is going to be filled with water. <laughs> Luckily, uh, the kids are hopefully sleeping tight um, in the house with Miss Lauren. Well, at least two of the kids, that's Ziva and Samuel. Ahava is staying at the actual main house with the family because she's been mother's helper and uh, babysitting. But I'm laughing because my plan was to work here on the boat, get as much as I could um, done today so that, because our flight is like at two o'clock tomorrow, mor- tomorrow afternoon uh, out of Georgetown. And we have a bunch of friends here that we want to say goodbye to. So I didn't want to spend every last minute working tomorrow so I thought let me you know do as much as I can tonight we did have um, that play group here at the guest house and I, I just the the family that has allowed us to stay here they I just can't say enough about how amazing that is how amazing they are and how generous and how wonderful it has been um, yes I know that and if you listen to the previous episode I know my husband um, helped them, um, and hopefully uh, um, the, the husband, uh, Bob, will recover. Uh, he's dealing with some serious health issues. But, um, you know, I just, I even, I know that Nathan did this great thing for them, but man, I just can't say how much they have done for us and how grateful I am uh, to them. Uh, so anyway, they, uh, they have two guest cottages and, and it was like, I keep saying Lord of the Flies, but I've never seen that. So people say, yeah, they were the kids run amok, but they said that in that movie, the kids actually eat each other or something. So it's not like that, but it's been really funny to watch, um, the kids because here in Georgetown, and by the way, I'm going to scrub a toilet while I talk to you now. Yay. Um, listen to this. Nothing like this sound. I'm gonna listen. Marine toilets are super noisy and horrible. Listen. Yeah, that's awful, isn't it? I know. Sorry. <laughs> anyway, so um, oh, my phone is ringing. Please stand by. I will be right back. No phone call, just uh, saying that I was out of range of the uh, my phone and the um, with the the wireless 
headphones that I have in case the phone rings. Um, but anyway, so getting back to uh, the kids and their play group, it was so fun. They, they, there are two guest cottages, and it goes over to the ocean, and they have this beautiful beach that the kids can run around on. Just, you know, so many things here that are just delightful for kids and grown-ups alike. Um, and so, I'm trying to think how many kids there were. Probably at least 10, right? Let's see, there was the, there were the kids from the Dawn Treader, which is our kids. Our Samuel is 7, Ziva is 10, Ahava is 12 and will be 13 in 5 days. Um that's three. Then there's the Rondo kids, Caitlin and Mike, Michael. That's two more, so that's five. Um, the kids from Gallup, and uh, those are um, Daphne and Stephanie, I think. I may be saying their names wrong. Uh, there's the kids from a brand new boat that we just met yesterday, Aki, Akira? I think it's Akira. Um and they just came from Puerto Rico. They are, oh, and by the way, Gallup is from uh, Canada, and they came all the way from Quebec, no, Ontario, uh, Pascal and Jean-Pierre. Uh, then Rondo, they are from Texas, Corpus Christi, and that is Mike and Sarah. They are awesome. Uh, all these people are awesome. They're, uh, so we, so let's see, we see three from Don Treader, two from Rondo, two from Gallup. Uh, there were two from Pura Vida, Pura Vida, which they say Pura Vida. Um, they are from South Carolina. That is, uh, the two kids are Hayward and Katie Grace. And uh, they're all within, like, Hayward is the same age as Samuel, and um, all of the rest of the kids are in the range of my kids, except Gallup's girls were a little younger, um, but not, not by too much. They all can run around like a pack of wild children. Uh, so that's two from Pura Vida. And then there's two more from, oh, one from Soul Shine. And that was a boat that we've been trying to connect with. They come also from South Carolina. And uh, we met them in by radio in Rock Sound in Eleuthera as we were both coming into that harbor. But the weather and our plans and their plans didn't mesh. And so we talked on the radio, but we never actually got to see them. Uh, so it was really good to connect with them and their little daughter, who I think is eight, is Sailor. Uh, so that's 10 kids right there. And, uh, oh, Akira, like I was saying, they just came from Puerto Rico. Um, they had Emma and Ian on board, so that's two more kids. I think that's it. So 12 kids. Am I forgetting anyone? No, I think that's it. 12 kids running around like a pack of wild animals. And then, of course, with Nala, our German shepherd, totally in dog heaven. Forget hog heaven. This is dog heaven. Uh, she's running around chasing coconuts. And, you know, she lives full-time on a boat. So for her to just be on land is joyous. And then to be on land with a pack of wild children to play with is just like... And then on top of that, coconuts everywhere and a beach to get totally sandy in. You should have seen the kids. In fact, um, if you want to join my 
private Facebook group, which is called New Mexico Castaways Crew, I will make sure to post that picture that we took today. I don't know if you'll be able to tell, um, because as I said, I dropped my actual phone in the ocean, so I was only able to take one photo with, one or two photos with um, this temporary phone that I'm using, which is not a great quality. But anyway, I'll post the picture of uh, all the kids on the balcony covered with sand, covered with sand. They were just a messy mess and delightfully happy. And Nala was equally covered with sand and disgusting. It was pretty funny. Um, so yeah, that was, that was uh, really fun. And I was talking about VHF. And now I have to pause the recording to go back and remember why I brought this up in the first place. Which is a really good thing, because normally in conversation, you just are like, wait, what was I talking about? <laughs> At least now I can listen to the sound of my own voice. So I will be right back. Please stand by. Okay, I am back, and I listened to the recording. It actually took me a couple times because I'm getting tired um, to remember where I am. Uh, basically, I wanted to talk about the process of getting the boat ready to leave. Uh, we, My husband and I both, Nathan and I, both had extensive to-do lists on here. We've started kind of figuring out, getting down to the wire of what we still needed to do before we departed the boat. Now, part of why it's so challenging is we kept not knowing what our plan was. Uh, you know, we part of this lifestyle is that we are flexible and we roll with things. And when there's changes, you make changes and you, you know, you don't panic because things change. You, you roll with it. And that's part of what I love about it because you can end up in some really awesome places that you wouldn't go if um, you said, no, this is, I, I have to do it exactly one way and only one way. So for me, it is joyful most of the time uh, to have, you know, to have the flexibility to come and go and change. But there are times when it starts to become stressful. And one of those times was as we were trying to figure out uh, more of the details of how we were going to get to Puerto Rico. So if you didn't hear previous episodes, uh, basically our daughter, Ahava, is turning 13 in a few days. And part of what happens when you are 13 and Jewish, um, at least in traditionally, uh, and it's different if you're Orthodox, because I don't think that usually applies to girls, but in non-Orthodox communities, and I cannot speak for Orthodox, so please, if I'm wrong, you feel free to correct me. I would love to hear uh, a correction on that. But uh, anyway, for us, she is uh, preparing for what is called a bat mitzvah. Now, you probably heard of a bar mitzvah if you're not Jewish, and you, but you have friends. You may have been to a bar mitzvah or a bat mitzvah. And it's basically um, when a child comes of age um, and goes from just being a child to being fully responsible for their own actions um, spiritually, if you will, so or, or morally or ethically. I don't even know the right way to say it. But basically, no longer is it, well, she's just a kid. Now, um, you know, like say a kid 
take some candy. And you go, well, you know, they're a kid. They didn't know. Well, when you, um, you know, as a 13-year-old and you go through and have your bat mitzvah, you make a commitment that you are going to, you are going to be responsible for your own actions and you are going to be, um, you know, upholding the, your own, you're basically your own person when it comes to, like, say, on Yom Kippur, which is the Day of Atonement, they are, uh, they become responsible for their own actions instead of it being excused because they're children and they have to fast and they do, you know, they're grown-ups in, in, within the, um, in a religious sense. Why is this leaking? I don't know. So anyway, Ahava is preparing her for her bat mitzvah in Puerto Rico, and that is happening January 20th. And she has been working around the, like, nonstop uh, studying. It's a destination bat mitzvah, which is very unusual, where she's actually going to have it, you know, in a place other than her home, because her home is mobile. And I picked, we picked Puerto Rico because my family, my father's family is from there, and we wanted a place that um, meant something to us. And New Mexico, where we're from, um, we had, Ahava had started the process of having her bat mitzvah, studying for her bat mitzvah, and she was assigned a date, and she started studying, because the way that it works is you have a Torah portion, and the Torah, if you don't know, is basically the Old Testament, and... uh, it, anyway, she she has to learn to read these things in the the, the Torah portion for that date that is selected for her, um, based on her birthday when she turns thirteen. Uh, she has to learn to read it in Hebrew, and so she had started the process of learning not not extensively, but she started the process and started getting familiar with the the uh, Torah portion that she would be learning, and. Um, then we moved onto the boat, and that kind of threw things uh, for a loop for, you know, obvious reasons. It changed the dynamics in Albuquerque, where we came from, and uh, the date that she had been assigned was given to someone else, and that was, she was not happy about that, and she said, you know, she said, that's the, that's the Torah portion I had been working on, and, you know, I I don't want to start again and start having to learn a new one. And so we did some research, and we learned that some people do destination bat mitzvahs. And uh, and usually they do it maybe, I don't know usually, but a lot of people do it in Israel for obvious reasons. But I said, I wonder if you could do it in Puerto Rico. I can't imagine there's a synagogue in Puerto Rico. Now, my family, my on my dad's side, they're all Catholic, so um, it wasn't like... You know, I could call up and say, hey, Dad, what's your synagogue? You know, which one did you go to? It's, we had to start from scratch, and we found out, sure enough, there are synagogues in Puerto Rico. So we looked it up online, and the Reform Congregation, uh, Temple Beth Shalom, uh, actually had a page on their website that said they do destination bat mitzvahs, and they would like you to consider Puerto Rico as an option. And so we uh, it just made total sense to us, and we thought, yep, let's do it. And so it turns out she's been studying with a rabbi this whole time and practicing, and uh, because we live on a boat, and because of the hurricane, we were like, okay, that just sealed the deal. We're going to sail there. We'll uh, do some projects and help while we're as part of the bat mitzvah, which they, that's part of um, 
the bat mitzvah process is uh, doing a service project. And so it was, it just seemed like such a natural fit. So um, Ahava's been preparing. We ended up not being able to sail there. But, uh, you know, we now are in the home stretch because it's, it's only, what, uh, 11 days from now? Is that right? Yeah, 11 days from now is her bat mitzvah in Puerto Rico, which is a little bit, like, overwhelming when I think about it. Um, and part of it is bringing, you know, we worked out all the details as far as, uh, and I think I, I already talked about this in the previous episode, but worked out the details with the dog being here, or maybe it was this episode. I don't know. It's all a blur. Um, so the dog's going to be fine and, and the boat's going to be fine, but there's things that I'm going to need to bring with us, uh, to Puerto Rico, uh, things like, uh, and Ahava doesn't know this, she won't know it until we get to Puerto Rico, but, um, part of why we went to New Mexico recently was to get, um, a box that I have been putting, um, special treasures in since, uh, Sadly, uh, Nathan's parents passed away, um, first his dad and then his mom, uh, in 2012. And uh, they were, Jewishly, definitely the most important people in our lives. And so it you know, was devastating to think that they weren't going to be able to be at her bat mitzvah and her sister's and her brother's bar mitzvah. Um, so little, when we were going through uh, their house and whatnot, I uh, put aside some things um, that were special. So we have that box that has to come with us uh, to Puerto Rico. And uh, that's going to be, you know, I, you know how it is with um, airlines. They give you, like, you have to pay per bo- per uh, luggage, per piece of luggage. So, um, yeah, that's going to be a challenge right there. Um, but it's, you know, that's the kind of stuff that I'm doing tonight as I'm going through the whole house, prepping it to depart and making sure that things are um, done in a way that don't doesn't lead to major problems in other ways. And specifically, what I'm thinking about is the time that we had left the boat for um, some time, and uh, I don't know, we, we had bought the boat, but we weren't living on it yet, and so we um, left it in the care uh, at the the people we bought it from, they had someone that was supposed to be taking care of it. And um, you have to run the air conditioning uh, when you, uh, on a boat, because, because otherwise it gets like moldy and gross, right? Well, um, they didn't. And so, uh, I don't remember what happened, but something happened and the, the power got unplugged Um yeah, the power got unplugged. That's what it was. It wasn't just the air conditioner. I, it was that was when we bought it. But this is when we um, left it. It got uh, the power got unplugged, and that meant our refrigerator and freezer had that had uh, stuff in it was went rotten and was like rancid and maggots and disgusting and really bad, right? And they, d- they discovered that somewhere, someone along the way discovered that before we got there, um, and they cleaned it up. But they didn't know that it, the, the freezer that had, which by the way, I'm, that's one of the things I'm doing now is defrosting the freezer and defrosting and cleaning out the fridge. 
so that doesn't happen again. But at that time, the freezer that when it was, you know, full of that rotten meat and rancid whatever, which they cleaned out, they didn't realize that it ran down onto the floor. Well, the floor is where our pantry is. Um, on a boat, uh, a lot of boats, the pantry is, and you can hear, I just opened it, um, the pantry is in the floor. So you can't, uh, and they didn't know it, and so Nathan and I had come in advance of the kids at one point, and we found the floor when we opened the pantry, it had uh, maggots in it and was rotten, like rancid, disgusting, the most horrifying sight, like a horror movie. Disgusting. <laughs> so um, we try to, um, as I'm prepping to leave the boat this time, I'm trying to think those things through. Like, okay, what needs to be put away? What can be, you know, left undone? I don't want to come back to rancid meat. Uh, so we've been cleaning out the fridge, the freezer, the pantry. Um, yeah, so that is what I'm working on today, and it's a big, it is a big project. Um, but it's nice because now I get to record this and talk with you guys and share the process. So uh, I'm going to take a little break, and then I'll come back and tell you more about what I am actually doing, just kind of what systems I'm looking at and what I have to do before I leave the Dawn Treader tomorrow afternoon. Okay, I'll be right back. I'm back and I wanted to step outside because it is a deluge. A deluge. I mean, the amount of rain that is coming down right now is unbelievable. And listen, there's lightning. We'll hear the thunder in a moment. Wow, that is some serious rain coming down. It looks like all the lights just went out. Oh my I don't know how in the world I'm ever going to get back to the shore. And so that's how we sleep here tonight. Uh, hopefully the night light is <laughs> uh, comforting my kids right now because I can see there are no lights on there. And uh, I have these stops at the kayak building, I think. Wow. You hear that? It's really unbelievable. We needed it. I mean, it's definitely cleaning everything up, which is cool. But uh, it's unbelievable amount of rain there. So, uh, I was inside working on the cleaning up under some of the floors and organizing, putting some things away. Uh, that's basically where we're going to be storing some of the things. We just finished the holidays, so I just put away the Hanukkah stuff um, in one of those, uh, what do you call them, space bags, which I do not love. They do not work as uh, promised. Space bags, if you don't know, they're basically a... Um, a bag that you can suck the air out of the bag, and it um, and it's supposed to compress stuff, so like you can make a pillow fit into a smaller space, that kind of thing. But it's 
unbelievably um, easy to rip them and so they don't work that well because when you're moving on a boat you know you, things are moving so much uh, the bag rips pretty easily and so then it's totally ineffective I'm going now in Miss Lauren's room because she has a window that leaks and I'm trying to see if I can rig it so her room doesn't get totally soaked um, and she already put a rag up there so see if that holds. Can you hear it hitting the window? Yeah. It's had a lot of rain. Looks like she started the process of getting things packed up in here. Not sure how she's going to carry everything. Uh, it's really a big mess. Um, not her room, but I mean just stuff. How are you going to fit everything uh, onto a plane, right? That's the question. Um, and, you know, we don't know if... Oh, I forgot. Sorry. I'm talking off off mic. I forgot. I'm supposed to clip it back onto my chest. Sorry about that. I don't know if you could hear all that. You can certainly hear the rain. Uh, anyway, I'm just trying to uh, deal with the deluge. It's dripping in my kid's room. Luckily, it doesn't hit the bed. It just goes down into the floorboard, but we can expect to hear the bilge pump kick on any minute now uh, because of the drip, 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 drip. Uh, we've tried to seal these hatches, and they just, we, we have not figured out a good solution yet. So that's another project for another day. Uh, but today, the projects I'm working on, so I just finished my room. Well, actually, I'm about to go finish. Let me go do that. Uh, I told you earlier I was scrubbing toilets and they're looking mighty pretty uh, for saltwater toilets which never look or smell very pretty because they kind of have a brown haze uh, film all over from all the sea saltwater uh, but this one in the kids room is looking nicer so that's good um, and I wanted to finish up what I was working on a minute ago, which is to put away the Hanukkah stuff, close up the floorboards. Although I think I might leave the floors open um, because here's a major project and something that nobody likes to talk about. I definitely don't like to talk about it uh, and it's making me itchy just to think about. But basically one of the challenges living on a boat, and I've mentioned it I'm sure before, is that you can get bugs and once you get them it is so so hard to get rid of and bugs I'm talking about in particular are uh, cockroaches and cockroaches uh, somehow make it into these tiny little spaces um, and I've been told it's because if you bring any kind of cardboard on to the boat from like uh, some of your groceries when you're in other countries a lot of times they can carry bugs. Um, so I don't know if that's true or not, but we did end up with those little brown cockroaches and it took forever to get rid of them. Um, we used everything, we tried every method and, and the, ultimately the thing that seemed to do the best, uh, kill them the most was this gel that you put along the, the edge of the crevices and cracks and floorboards um, but I want to go one step further since we won't be on the boat and 
deploy some bombs, some bug bombs, uh, while we're gone. Uh, and so I'm thinking I'll probably leave the floors open. But in the interest of not killing myself, in the meanwhile, I'm going to close the floor right now. And that's one. And uh, that's also where we store our uh, wine and other various spirits that we keep on board. Uh, those are in uh, crates underneath the floor. Um, it's like a protective kind of like wine crate, if you will. Uh, so that is where that goes. Um, what else can I tell you about the project? So one of the biggest projects that I didn't even know about, hang on, let me do this, then I gotta re-secure this because it's, you guys are wiggling all over the place, which is not very comfortable. And now that I've had to close every window, there's one more floorboard, uh, I've had to close every window because of the rain, um, it is very hard to, um, it's getting warm in here, which is fine. Okay, last floorboard. There we go. In place. Okay, what I was going to say is that I'm tired, obviously. Um, and I was talking about the spirit. And can you believe I forgot already? Oh, yeah. Wow, did you hear that? That was some thunder. Uh, I remembered what, what I was going to say. So the, a big project that I didn't even know we needed to do until Nathan was like uh, making his checklist. Hang on, let me readjust you here. So Nathan was making his checklist of what he needed to do before he left because he left a few days, uh, two days before we are set to leave. And uh, one of the things that he uh, put on his list was to pickle the water makers. I was like, uh, what? <laughs> so the water makers, if you don't know, it are uh, very critical when you live on a boat and go for long times away from uh, land. You can, you have a machine, uh, I don't know, whatever, a system that converts salt water to fresh water. It's magic, it's amazing, and I am constantly in awe of it uh, and love it. But um, the problem is you, when you're leaving, you have, to, you have to use the system or it gets fouled or ruined and then you're in big trouble. So you, water makers are not low maintenance. You have to take care of them and, and maintain them. So um, the problem is uh, when you're leaving for a long period of time and are not going to be using it, you have to do uh, something to preserve it or, or whatever to make it so that it works again when you come back. And so that is the process of pickling a water maker, which is a, a term I did not know, but it involves putting some kind of chemical in the lines, I guess. Oh, here comes more lightning. Probably going to hear some thunder in a second. Do you hear it? Hmm. Anyway, um, so the pickling of the, the water maker was a big project that Nathan had to do before he left. And he also uh, treated, the, um, treated the toilets, uh, the holding tanks, because if you leave those and don't treat them, they can, that can be a a major problem later, um, which we learned because uh, we have this like sewage smell sometimes and 
we figured out that it has to do with the the previous owner did not um, take care of the septic system and sewage, sewage system the way they should have, and so um, some of the lines got um, got ruined, I guess. And so we're trying to avoid more septic issues, and we want to make sure while we're gone that everything is um, done properly. So that is what Nathan did. I wish I had his. Oh, I might have his list in front of me. Let me let me take a look. We each were making lists of things that had to be done. And I'm going to go through the list quickly, and then I am going to let you guys go, because I'm obviously waning, as you can tell by my disjointed recording. All right, so generator grant, meaning he needed to give instructions to the guy that's watching our boat. There's two guys watching our boats, boat. Um, so he needed to teach them uh, what to do with the generator. He had to pickle the H2O, which is pickle the water maker, Add bacteria to toilets, um, actually to the to the holding tanks. Close the sail bag, and that became a huge issue. Uh, that project, closing the sail bag. So we sailed, and usually you um, close the sail bag once you're done. But we didn't close it, and we didn't think it was a big deal. But then these squalls, as you can hear, uh, systems moved in, and um, you. You have to really, when you get rain and you've got the sail bag open, um, you, you have to raise the sail to dump all the water out or you run the risk of getting mold and mildew or whatever up there and nobody wants that. So the, the way to avoid that is to raise the sail and um, dry it all, let it dry out, let all that water come out. So that was on the list of things to do was um, close the sail bag, which meant raising the sail, letting the water come out, and then uh, dropping the sail and zipping it. Well, the problem was um, one of the ropes, as the sail was raised, because of the wind, it caught uh, one of the ropes wrapped around the thing called the Wiry Pro, which is our internet booster. And uh, it's like, it's a device that sits on top of, um, like the top of the, the deck, uh, what do you call it, the hard top. Um, and it, um, it, it sends like the internet signal boosts it and sends it through the whole boat. So everybody on all parts of the boat can get internet, assuming we get internet, which that's a whole nother episode. We're not going to go there now, but the Wiry Pro, uh, is how we get our internet. And, um, when he put the sail down, he didn't have his normal sail helper with him because she was babysitting, right? And so that was one thing. There was not as much um, help as he needed. And it caught, uh, but it, it just, it wasn't her fault or his fault or anybody's fault. It was just a fluke thing, but I don't think it got noticed as quickly because his helper wasn't here. Um, but anyway, it ripped the Wiry Pro, which was anchored into the hardtop, screwed very tightly in, it just ripped it completely out, like just gone, like ripped it out. And so uh, that was a problem that came out of that project, obviously not the outcome that any of us wanted. Uh, so that was one, let me see what other projects he has on this list. Some of it is just personal, like he needed to um, call the pharmacy because he, he was completely out of his medicines, all of his meds that are important uh, to keep him alive, which is pretty important 
uh, he was out of. So he has to call on that. He's got the, a note for me to do the bug treatment. Uh, LED lights. All the LED lights around our cabin are slowly petering out. Um, the boat is a 2012, and I imagine the, none of them have been changed since then. So while we're in the U.S., or while he is on this business trip, he's trying to get the LED lights uh, ordered and sent to him so that he can, um, we can replace those when we get back to the boat. Um, and one of them has to do with changing our mailing address. All right, so that was his list. Um, let's see. Um, my list involves scrubbing the fridge, defrosting the freezer, emptying the pantry and cleaning it out, and there's two of those, um, WD-40ing the master door, um, covering the helm panel, which I half did. I cleaned the helm panel today, but I didn't cover it, so now I'm going to have to go back and do that all again in the morning if it dries out. Um, I have to fill out the paperwork for Nala. Now, because we're leaving our dog in the care of um, this family here on the island, which is fantastic, it gives us an opportunity for our, to try to handle some paperwork that and, and get her to a vet uh, here in the Bahamas. So that is, a, again, another episode I need to talk about about Nala and how having a dog on board can change your plans big time. Um, but uh, right now it's, we have an opportunity potentially that the person who's watching our dog and the person who's watching our boat, oh, there's light, uh, thunder and lightning, uh, the, those, they are going to help us handle uh, getting her to a vet because getting getting to a vet on an island like this is very it's very rare that the veterinarian is in town so when they are you will need to take advantage of that well it just so happens it's like the weekend that we will be in having the bat mitzvah is when the vet is going to be here so they have graciously agreed to help with that but i need to fill out the paperwork so they have it um okay turn off the panel leave the battery charger on um, and that's one of my tasks. Clean toilets, turn off four valves. Uh, so that's once I clean them and then um, he's got the treatment in the tanks, then it will um, be, then hopefully it won't back back up and have that smell in the house. <laughs> so the theory, because the, the thing is, I think one of the things that's wrong with our toilets, and I've heard this time and again from other cruisers, is that there's a something called a joker valve. It's like a, a joke for real. And uh, it lets stuff, if it's, if it's uh, wet, worn down over time, over the years, it, things can spit back into the toilet, which is disgusting, I know, but that's the, that's the status. Um, and I think that's what's going on with ours. So we're going to try to leave it so it doesn't make, when we come in and open the front door, when we come back, doesn't have the smell of um, bad sewage. So that's one of my tasks. Um, organize the dive gear, I did. Organize snorkel gear, I did. Empty all garbages and remove. Make the master bed, make Ziva's bed, make Samuel's bed. Um, oh, more. Wow, that is quite a storm. Uh, store the bread maker. I did that. Um, I want to copy the cruiser's permit. The cruiser's permit is the paperwork that you get to have permission to be here in the Bahamas. 
Um, and I just want to have a copy of it so when we are returning to the Bahamas, we won't run into any problems because we won't have... Um, I, I just want to have it, that's all. Oh, you hear the radio? Now people are going to start talking because... Um, because the uh, weather means things are not... Uh, th a lot of times dinghies go missing or people have, uh, you know, power issues or whatever. So you'll start to hear the radio pick up now that the storm is in full swing. Um, but anyway, so that I'm almost done with my list and then I'm going to let you go. Uh, secure the dinghy. That's something that has to be done because of situations like this. Get the dog food to the person who's watching the dog. Um, I think I already said disconnect power. Pack. Oh, how about that? Pack. And get a ride to the airport and then treat for bugs. I am sure there are many, many, many more things. Oh, one of the things that didn't get done and I can't get done is laundry. I'm not going to have time to finish it. It was supposed to be done today, um, but it turned out that the washers that we thought we were going to be able to do use um, were not available. So I am going to pack dirty laundry. All right, they're going to 6-6. Six, six. Let's listen in to see what the problem is. What's up, Brian? He's about maybe 20 feet from my bow. <laughs> that 20 feet that I pulled in, I guess uh, I should leave it out. Well, I guess that's about your only choice is to let it back out. Can you take in, uh, let some out there and take more in on that secondary anchor? So what they're doing, the guy that's talking well, just, is actually the guy that anchors the um, net. And he's... The local, um, he's just really helpful. Um, he's on a boat called Charisma. I want to give him a plug because he's always uh, standing at the ready to help. Um, and if he if he doesn't know how to help with whatever it is, uh, he will you know suggest someone else who might know um, this, that, or the other. It might be electric. It might be whatever. So a lot of times you'll hear people saying Charisma, Charisma, um, you know, and then. Uh, their boat name because everybody knows that he is uh, very helpful and knowledgeable and connected. So um, that's what you were listening to. And I think that's a good place to end this episode. As you can see, I'm in the thick of um, just, I'm in the middle of it all. Uh, it's, it's quite a life being here on the boat. And um, right now, thinking about leaving the boat for a bit is a bit daunting for me, but I'm glad that I'm able to be here and that I have Lauren to help me with the kids so I don't have to worry about them while I kind of do my, my while the storm rages outside, my mental storm rages inside about what needs to happen here on the Dawn Treader to get it ready. And uh, hopefully soon I will have some more stories to share, probably uh, from Puerto Rico. So be well, stay safe, and I hope wherever you are, you are weathering whatever storms come your way. I am Rosalinda Roman, and I appreciate you listening. If you want to uh, have more of the insider stuff, meaning you can see some of the pictures and videos from our trips um, on the Dawn Treader, please join the New Mexico Castaways crew, and you can just go to my Facebook page, uh, New Mexico Cast on Facebook, to find that. And, uh, or you can, I'll have a note in the show notes. All right. Thanks again for listening. Talk to you soon. Bye.